entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, 749, great song here. Is my guy Eddie better? Pro Jam? Pro Jam. It's your guy. All right. Been a great hour. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Thomas Kniff, and I think uh, Judge Angel Napolitano, who's a Thursday regular, and I love him to pieces. He's so good. I think he told Lou at the break, and uh, he can confirm or deny this. I do a lot of stuff all week long, but this spot with Sid is my favorite. Sorry, Greg Kelly. I think he said that. But let's uh, find out from the man himself, Judge Napolitano. Good morning, Judge. <laughs> uh, good morning, my man. I did say it, and I also said <clears throat> if Sid would permit it and if the great John Katsimatidis would permit it, I'd like to show up in the studio one Thursday morning. I'd love that. I would love that. And I'm being honest. And then afterwards, you and I go to the Murray Hill Diner, and I'll buy you lunch. I mean it. I'm serious. I'd it. love that. It. But one place we're not going to go to, here's what happened to me this morning. I get up at 5, which is late by your time. I have a meeting at 6.30. I'm driving to the meeting. I'm listening to you. You went to a Mexican restaurant, and you ran to the toilet. <laughs> we are not going. We are not going to that you, Mexican You have been listening. It's not just Pico. It's any Mexican restaurant. That, that food just kills me. And I got to get in the truck to do Fox News with Brian Kill Me, but I made it, and it came out great. So, listen, you just heard uh, Tom Knip, and I'm glad you listened all morning. Thank you. And you know this stuff uh, inside and out. It does seem like... The um, Well, I guess the evidence points to an exoneration here for Daniel Penny. Somewhere down the road, what are your thoughts on the DA bringing, the jury, I should, grand jury, bringing an indictment to Daniel Penny? I agree with uh, Curtis that Daniel Penny is an American hero. I agree with you that Tom Kniff, whom I don't know personally, has an excellent uh, reputation uh, devoted to his uh, clients and a substantial understanding of the criminal justice system, all of which is very important. Uh, unfortunately, the law is not on the side of the heroes. There is a 1968 Rockefeller-era statute that the crazies in Albany enacted called the duty to retreat. And that judge in that case, the judge in Daniel Penny's case, is going to look at the jury and say, Mr. Penny had a duty to leave the subway car if he felt threatened, if you find that there was a reasonable way for him to do so. It's a terrible law. You don't have the duty to retreat in your own home, but you do have the duty to retreat in public. This basically means this how crazy the laws are, written by politicians who have no experience with law enforcement, with the judiciary, or with the criminal justice system. Somebody is threatening you. You can't stand your ground. Somebody is threatening your spouse and your children. You can't defend them. But like in, Flor- like in Florida, for example, they've got stand your ground. So if something like this happened in Florida, that's a slam dunk for Knip. But you're saying Correct. here, not as easy. Correct. Regrettably, we are not Florida. Regrettably, you have to run like a scared rabbit if there's an opportunity to do so. 
So um, Tom's defense is going to center on the medicine, the, you know, how uh, this fellow died. Did he die because of the drugs? Did the drugs uh, accelerate uh, his death? Did he die afterwards by some cause having nothing to do uh, with Penny? And it's going to center on this duty to uh, retreat. Wow. Um, Listen, I like Penny and I want him to prevail. I would not have done that tape. That tape gives the government an opportunity. They have examined that tape. They've examined his eye movements. They've examined his body movements. They know exactly what he's going to be like when he's on the witness stand. I would not have tipped my hand by showing him that. I know why they did it. They're getting terrible PR. The major politicians in the city, you guys just talked about this, are condemning the kid. And they're worried about the PR. I wouldn't worry about that. The trial's not coming for another year. You win the trial in the courtroom. You don't win the trial in the court of public opinion. All right. Judge Napolitano, this is uh, what makes him great. You also came on last week. It was the day that President Trump was indicted. He has since been arraigned. My guy, President Trump, your buddy, turned 77 yesterday. Uh, I've spoken to you, Takapina, Idala, Dershowitz, all great, brilliant men. Uh, All agree that uh, the indictment is serious, but some say he'll be fine. Others, like you said on this show, he can likely go to jail. He ain't going to be fine. Have you changed your mind since President Trump's arrest? No, it has uh, sickened me, and it gives me no... Listen, he sent me a message the other day. I love you and I miss you. Oh, my God. The president Jeez. himself sent that message. That's awesome. The former president sent that message. It sickens me to have to say this, but i got to be intellectually honest with you. And um, I know Professor Dershowitz agrees with me. He had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. We were both stunned at the gravity of the indictment, at the amount of evidence in there. And the sources of the evidence are from people loyal to Trump. Well, this is what I want to get at. I mean, I I saw all the counts, 37 counts. I read the indictment. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not nearly as smart as you or a judge. But even a layman like me, the one thing that scared me was the obstruction charge because of, like you said, the people they've got on tape, including the president. So if, in fact, he goes down for this, I'm assuming obstruction is where they'll get him, yes? Yes. Uh, either uh, obstruction or, uh, you know, concealment. The fact that he knew what this stuff was because they have the tape of him. And it wasn't a surveillance tape. I mean, he knew he was being taped. He was actually being very generous. Presidents don't do this. Only Donald Trump does this. He sat for a two-hour interview with the ghostwriter for Mark Meadows. Now, I know he and Meadows don't get along, but he was helping Meadows write his autobiography. So for two hours, they were interviewing Donald Trump on tape, thinking out loud. When he pulls out a document, and says, by the way, I have plans here in my hand to invade Iran. What? <laughs> Apparently, the government considered invading, invading Iran. And they had all the military plans there because I know it's a secret. I could have de- declassified it. I didn't. I better, I better put this away. That kind of stuff is really, really going to hurt him. Uh, you know, I love him, but sometimes he can be his own worst enemy. He knew he was being taped, and the feds have that tape, and they center their their uh, indictment around his own words. They also center his indictment around 50 security cameras in Mar-a-Lago, his, his own security cameras. And so they say to uh, Walt Nauta, 
Did you move documents out of the – that's his aide. Did you move documents out of the um, storage area? Now it says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. They have him on tape moving stuff out of the storage area. The feds go in the storage area, and then he moves it out. So yeah. they have a pretty strong case against yeah. uh, the two of them. I wish that this could have been worked out before indictment, but it's too late now. This is going to be the trial of the century. It's going to make O.J. look like nothing. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Two dead bodies is a little more brutal than this, oh, but you're right. Well, I, I, meant the, I meant the level of interest. In yeah, no, trial. it'll be big. There's no doubt. And, and again, in the, in the last couple of minutes with the Judge Napolitano doing Penny doing Trump, now we'll do Biden. You know, everybody I bring on, they make this a political argument. Well, wait a second. Joe Biden's got 1,900 boxes. They just found more boxes just a couple of days ago. And, you know, the, the boxes in front of the Corvette. I mean, who knows? And he did all this while he was vice president. He couldn't even declassify any of this stuff. So how in the hell can you arrest Donald Trump when Joe Biden seemingly has done worse? And I agree with that 1,000%. But I keep saying the same thing. How does that work for you in a court of law? Well, we have yet to hear from Bob Herr. Uh, Bob Herr is the other special counsel. Bob Herr, a Republican, um, a former U.S. attorney in Maryland, is the one investigating uh, Joe Biden. We haven't heard a peep from him. Now, 1,800 boxes, those are from his 36 years in the Senate. Unlike presidents, who do not get to own the documents that they deal with, senators do. And most senators donate those documents to a university, which is what Joe uh, did. On the other hand, senators theoretically, theoretically don't get classified material. So those 1,800 boxes are all the records of his 36 years in the Senate. Whether there's classified material in there or not, we don't know. But I assure you, I know Bob Herr. They're going through every document in there to see if any of them is classified. And if there is, we'll know about it. All right. So because, you know, Bill O'Reilly once said on this show, as you wrap things up, there's no way you can indict and or arrest Donald Trump without doing the same to Joe Biden. So with her now in the mix, do you think that remains more of a distinct possibility since they have arrested Donald Trump? I don't because because. The statute of limitations is five years, and whatever the hell Biden did was more than five years ago. Gotcha. Uh, so he, he may skate, just like Hillary skated. Now, Hillary skated because of absolute corruption in, in, the, in the Obama Justice Department. No question about it. What Hillary did was far worse than, than the most serious allegation against Donald Trump. But that's history, and there's nothing we can do about it. Right. That was Jim Comey doing his thing for his girl. Anyway, you are, you are great. You know, you say to me, this is your favorite part of the week. And i got to be honest, man, I think this show has gotten a lot better the day you agreed to come on weekly. A lot better. So thank you for another great appearance, pal. You're, you're, uh, you're putting goosebumps on my arms, my man. But I'm going to show up on a Thursday, and then we're going to the um, – uh, Murray Hill Diner. Sounds, that sounds great. Another... Not, not the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> well, you got a long trip back to New Jersey. You'll never make it. But uh, <laughs> I love you, Judge. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Love you all the best. You too. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.